Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Capital Adulting Podcast. My name is Grant Gardner, and I will be your host. Really excited to bring you tonight's topic, um, but first, you know, I just wanted to um, wish you all, I you know, hope you all had a, a wonderful Thanksgiving and that you were able to you know, enjoy hopefully some, some time off, you know, hopefully you had a bit of a break from your day-to-day life, um, and if you had a chance to spend it with some family or friends in a safe manner, I hope that was a, that was a wonderful experience and that you're all doing well. You know, Thanksgiving is always a great time to step back and reflect about, you know, all the the wonderful things that we have in life. You know, the blessings that that we've been that we've been given. And even though 2020 has been a very trying year and quite a few ways, you know, there's still still a lot to be thankful for. And I was very fortunate to be able to you know reflect on that. Um, had a couple of days off of work and. Definitely very grateful to be where I'm at today and glad that I have an opportunity to to connect with y'all out there and hopefully you had the opportunity to do the same. And as part of that reflection, um, you know, I didn't have a chance to to hang out with with some folks. Um, and that actually was kind of the the catalyst for today's topic. Um, you know, I was talking to to a couple a couple folks that are close to me and you know, one of which is kind of in the later years of their, you know, college, their college career, starting to, to look forward a bit, plan for, you know, graduating, getting a job, living on their own, and just, just how to approach that, you know, from a financial standpoint. That's, it's a pretty daunting task. That was something that was really, was, seemed, seemed like a lot for me when I was coming out of school and so had a good conversation about that as well as with um, someone else who's a little bit earlier in their in their college years but more so doing some school some work and they were they were interested in how they could better manage the the cash that they're generating today right how they could better leverage that and set themselves up for for more success in the future so as as a part of those conversations, it, it kind of dawned on me that, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into approaching you know life after school, engaging with your first job and managing your first paycheck. Uh, so that's the foundation for today's episode. Going to be talking about how to manage your first paycheck, you know, specifically coming you know like as you're getting started in your career. But a lot of these lessons also apply to to any any position any income that you're generating um, really intending tonight to kind of lay out a a path and, and like a priority list of what the best ways are to deploy your money as you're making it and you're trying to establish that financial plan for your life so you know without further ado let's go ahead and jump right into it so you know I think if we all think back to you know when you started your first job whether that was, you know, maybe you were 16 and you were, you know, working at a, at a local restaurant and you're making, you know, minimum wage, you're in high school, or you're coming out of school and you're, you know, you're getting your first serious paychecks and you're thinking, wow, I'm probably the richest person on earth with this, you know, $1,400 pay stub I just got for my first couple of weeks, which <laughs> I can definitely, definitely relate to those, uh, to, to that feeling in general, right? You know, that, that moment when you, you feel flush with cash, right? You've, you feel like you made it a bit, you know, as someone who (laughs) growing up, you probably only, you know, if you weren't working, you were getting money on your birthday or holiday. And now you're actually generating some serious income. And then once you kind of get over that initial euphoria, you think, well, 
okay, what what do I do with it? Like now, like, you know, the world's my my oyster here, right? I can go out, I can, you know, go out to eat whenever I want. I can buy stuff that I couldn't buy myself before. And that's that's exhilarating, right? Just that, you know, it's you're stepping up in life. You're able to go out and buy things on your own. And it's it's all perfect. And that's great. You know, that is great. You You do have kind of another level of financial freedom. But there's also a lot of responsibilities that come with that, especially if you're making that leap from school to the working world and you're now like fully on your own. You're financially independent and you're relying on yourself. And so, you know, as that income is growing, there's there's going to be expenses that grow alongside it, right? So it becomes even more important to manage manage your money efficiently and effectively. So not giving in and not getting too excited that you're making money um, and also learning how to leverage it in, in the best way possible. So, you know, we'll go ahead and, and kind of jump jump a little bit more into that, right? So when you when you get your first paycheck, you know, like a, like we were just talking about, you feel like you feel like you've made it, but the, what you what really needs to happen is you need to step back and kind of examine your kind of your personal financial picture, right? And you and you need to be very realistic about it. So, kind of first piece of that is is understanding, in, in my opinion, is understanding the difference between your your gross income and your your net income. So those are a couple financial terms. Really what it means are is like how much total money are you taking? Are you, are you making versus what what money you're actually what's your take home pay, right? And so what comes into play there are taxes, right? And that's one thing I see a lot of younger folks get tripped up on when they're, you know, kind of planning out their their future, right? So let's say say you're coming out of school, you just accepted a job and you're going to be making, you know, say 50,000 a year right? So you're starting at 50 and you think, well, great, I'm going to, I'm going to make $50,000. And well, that means, you know, if I budget right and, you know, I want to spend maybe 30% of my income on housing, well, then I could spend, you know, say 1400 bucks a month on an apartment or a room or a house, whatever, right? So you start budgeting based off that $50,000. That's, that's a trap because, you know, your every single dollar that you make is going to be taxed, right? So you're you're never ta- if your salary is fifty thousand dollars, you are never taking home fifty thousand dollars direct to the bank account. It's there's always going to be taxes, and yeah, there's ways to mitigate taxes, and we'll I'm sure we'll do a deep dive into the, the tax system as a whole. That's you know worth several episodes, but um, it's good to be cognizant of that, right? If it's 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 fifty thousand dollars, yes, but your take home pay is probably going to be let's say thirty eight thousand. So now the difference is well fourteen hundred dollars a month. You know maybe that was let's say twenty five thirty percent of your of your you know fifty thousand dollars, but now it's like thirty five forty percent. That's a pretty big chunk. That's a big jump, and that's a lot of money to you know put towards housing, and so. You know, stay cognizant of that as you're doing some financial planning. Is that you're going to have to account for taxes, and you know, I know, especially for some folks who work in maybe cash-heavy industries, you know, like your your waiter, waitress, bartender, you know, even things like babysitting, dog sitting, anything like that, where it's you know a lot of cash, you know, your income is in cash. 
from from a legal standpoint, you are you know you're you're legally required to report that as income and pay taxes on it. So, you know, it, it's definitely a big thing in the country where folks who um, are are in those cash heavy industries where might underreport. And to be clear, like that that is a crime. There's no such thing as tax free income. So just be cognizant of that. All right. Um. So the next piece is once you've you know realistically. Uh, realistically tracked your income or, or calculate your income, right? So now you know, okay, my gross income is 50,000. My take-home pay is really going to be 38. So I need to plan my life as if I'm making 38,000 because that's what I really am. So now comes the time of, of listing out detailed expenses, right? And this, this sounds really simple. I thought it was. The first time I sat down and did a budget, I was like, oh, this is going to take me, you know, five minutes. I'll crank it out no worries. And that's, that's exactly what I did. And then I got, you know, one month, two months, three months in to working and and living on my own. And I sat back and I looked at that budget and I was like, (laughs) I was pretty naive there. And I, you know, I accounted for all the basics, right? It's easy to be like, oh, I know I'm paying X amount in rent or this is my mortgage payment. I, you know, I know I'll spend, let's say $200 on food a month, maybe a hundred dollars on gas. And then maybe another two hundred dollars on you know entertainment, eating out, hanging out with friends, items like that. Those are all pretty straightforward to budget for, right? But as you go on in life, there's so many sneaky expenses that come in that they just slowly add up. And we've talked before about kind of emergency expenses, but these are more routine items, you know, that somebody just coming out of school might not consider or be prepared to to pay for, right? So a big one is insurance. That's, you know, whether it's car insurance, health insurance, um, you know, if you have other types of insurance you may need, those are all pretty big line items. You know, it's not it's not uncommon, especially if you don't have the best driving record, if you've been in accidents or you have tickets, you know, that could be that could be several hundred dollars a month. There's also other little things, you know, like like a phone bill, like your routine car maintenance, such as oil change, just the tire rotations, new set, new tires, items like that that wear out over time, as well as just some of the you know the basic medical expenses. Like those are just kind of a handful of items, right? I mean that doesn't doesn't take into account you know purchasing any items if you want to you know you want to buy the brand new Xbox, or you're buying a you know buying furniture for an apartment, anything like that. I mean furniture, you know those are like more one-time items, but they're not necessarily, you know, once every five years per se. Those are items where, you know, maybe you buy a couple pieces of decor one month and then a few more the next month. And it can be a recurring expense that adds up, especially like clothes are another good example. Let's just take a few though. So we're saying, let's take your, take car insurance, right? So that's say 150 bucks a month. And then maybe you spend, maybe your phone bill is 50 bucks, car maintenance a month, is you know around fifty dollars, um, and then maybe you have you know doctor's appointments, uh, you know prescriptions, things like that. Maybe that's another fifty bucks a month. Well, now you're kind of running in just those four items, is around a three hundred dollars a month. That without without kind of the experience of paying for those, you might not you might not be aware that those are items that are going to come up as you kind of get out on your own. So it's great. You know, when you're when you're getting that first paycheck, you know, really paint the realistic picture of of how much income you're truly bringing in, and then track each and every expense. Understand, you know, what 
what you're you know what you're spending your money on are there opportunities to cut those back is there something that you potentially need to spend more on because that's going to bring you know it's going to bring more like true value um, as opposed to you know putting things off so there's there's items like that stay cognizant of income and expenses and then at the end of the day the key is to ensure that all your basics are covered right if you if you don't have a roof over your head you know it's kind of hard to sustain yourself you don't have food if you don't have you know a car or a, a method of transportation for instance you know it could be very difficult to to get to your job of course you know in, in the covid world we have a lot of working remote working from home and that's great but there's also plenty of jobs and industries in which you have to be there physically something like having your car repossessed would cost you your job which in turn cost you your income and eventually your house items like that right so make sure you got the necessities covered you got to understand you know what's what's truly kind of your leftover income you know financial term for that would be disposable income right so that's essentially once you've once you've you know collected all of your all of your income and subtracted out your kind of you know required expenses what what do you have left over so you want to understand that number that figure so you can plan moving forward of how to you know deploy your remaining capital elsewhere that gives you the power to really start managing your your financial life and so i've got a handful of a financial priorities to to run through and i did put them in a tentative order I want to emphasize that it's it's tentative. I'd say like in the majority of cases this priority order will hold true, but there are unique exceptions. So, you know, for instance, I have, you know, paying debt might not necessarily be the very first item on the list, right? But I had a conversation with a really good friend today actually, and and they were asking, "Hey, you know, I've got, you know, X amount in student loans." you know because of covid they suspended interest payments you know, does it make more sense for me to pull money out of my savings account to apply it towards my debt before the interest kicks back in and those are the those are the kind of options you want to give yourself right you want to have some financial flexibility to to take advantage of unique opportunities when they come up and so you know, we we talked about that and you know there's a you know, to a degree, obviously you want to be safe with your savings. You, you need to have some money on hand as, as we'll get to in a second here, but the opportunity to, to pay down debt interest-free is very powerful, very, very motivating, very incentivizing. And so there, there was a good opportunity there to kind of deviate from, from this set list here. So always, always look to be opportunistic financially, but don't be afraid to to stick to the basics as well and and you know just ensure that you're you're coming from a position of strength financially so along those lines the very first thing that i have on my list here in terms of you know financial priorities is ensuring that you have a fully funded emergency fund and this came up you know, this came up in the the seven you know financial mistakes that you're making, and it's it's really a recurring theme that you'll hear throughout as we get deeper and deeper into the podcast. Because having an emergency fund is one of the most fundamental things. Um, I I touched I touched on a, a personal experience I had where, 
you know, out of the blue, I ended up spending a week in the hospital, which was, if if I didn't have health insurance, that was a quarter million dollar bill, even with even with insurance, several thousands of dollars, right? And that's something that you can't plan for. You can't expect to wake up one day and need to spend a week in the hospital, but that's where the emergency fund comes in. And you'll you'll ideally want to have six months of of expenses in that fund. I'd say bare minimum is three months, and it's really it's also intended for if you were to lose your job or maybe you work in a physical industry and you get hurt and you can no longer work, right? Maybe you need some time to, to recuperate and heal up. That three to six month bridge is hopefully enough to help you, you know, find a new job, transition, recover, get back into the workforce. It, it's enough to stay afloat, right? So that's basically, you know, if you take your budget and, and all of your, you know, add up all of your expenses, the goal would be to to want to have you know at least three, ideally six months of total expenses sitting in that fund, and that's not that's money that's not invested, right? That's not it's not locked away in this inaccessible place. This is money that, when freak things happen, unexpected expenses arrive, arise. You need to be able to go and withdraw from it, right? If you say, "Well, I'm I'm out of work. I need I need twenty five hundred today to." you know, pay my mortgage, right? Need the emergency fund needs to be that accessible. Once you've got that stocked up, that emergency fund is 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 loaded up. The next step would be ensuring that you've got got a decent amount of savings built up. Just a routine savings account. This doesn't have to be anything crazy and it depends on depends on your personal financial goals. Um, you know, the types of things that you want to do. Um, you know, and, and just how much money that, uh, or how, you know, how old you are as well, you know, cause that factors into how much should be invested, how much should be saved, you know, younger, it's better. Like we talked about in the last podcast, it's better take a little bit more risk. Um, as you get older, usually you dial it back a bit, but this savings account is meant to be kind of your, your backstop. You know, it's, it's how you pay your credit cards, how you're paying rent and mortgage, um, it's also, you know, where you're, where you're saving up for, you know, bigger purchases. Like maybe you're saving money for, for a house. And, you know, I know a lot of folks who, when they have a specific, you know, financial goal like that, they'll actually create like a separate bank account and just automatically kind of deposit money in there to that way to ensure that they're, they're saving money. And it's also, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Right. And so it's just this kind of account growing on the side. Um, it's, it's good to have that. Um, of course, you know, routine savings is, it's not, it's not quite, you know, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm sort of blending together, you know, your routine checking and savings here. Um, but that's kind of how I view it with, if you don't have necessarily like a set, you know, financial goal, um, it's good to, um, or it's just good. I kind of think about it that way. I think each person's a little bit different. Um, you might think of savings as, you know, put it away and never think about it, which, is good in some ways, not so good in others. Um, it's kind of personal choice there, but overall, it's 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 recommended that you'll want to try to save yeah, at least twenty percent of your income. And it's it's always good to save more, right? That's that's a good that's a good benchmark, right? That way, you know, you're consistently storing money away, and you have it in case unexpected things come up, or you need to go out and make a big purchase. You know, those those things happen as well. So number three that I have here on the priority order is 
paying down debt in this this essentially is the first somewhat elective choice right i'd say the emergency fund is mandatory having having you know a, a well-established savings account that's also available you know for unexpected events those are really mandatory right you, you never want to be in a position where you have no emergency fund you're living paycheck to paycheck and you've got you know if you were out of work then you couldn't afford food next week kind of situations paying down debt is it's very very slightly more elective and so you know it's it's basically you know it's basically mandatory you're tied into you know interest payments um you know you have payment schedules it you can take the reason it's i say it's slightly elective is because you theoretically you can avoid paying it but you'll incur very significant penalties which is why i have it number three here just past the mandatory items because let's be real that's expensive and it a lot of it depends on what kind of debt you're incurring but even student loans or you know items that are relatively low cost in terms of interest like they're still they're still charging you they're still you know when you're taking on debt you're borrowing money from somebody else and that borrower is taking on risk so if you say if you take out fifty thousand dollars in student loans the organization that you that gave you fifty thousand dollars there's a chance that you may not pay it back and so to reward that person for taking that risk on they you know, they're going to get some percent interest and usually you know the riskier the the borrower the you know the higher the interest right so if you're if you're less likely to pay it back you're probably going to pay more in interest so that is paying down debts always a good thing and you know i know there's different theories out there in terms of of which you know if you have different different debt whether you know car payments student loans you got a mortgage you know there's different philosophies and what to target first mine's pretty clear cut pay off the one with the highest interest rate first why because that's the most expensive right so let's say you know say you have a thousand dollar loan at five percent interest or a ten thousand dollar loan at twenty percent interest so in the first one if you're paying you got a thousand dollars it's four percent means you're paying forty dollars in interest a year still something that's not it's not terrible right but say $10,000 at 20%, that's $2,000 a year. That's very, very significant, right? And some people will argue, hey, you know, pick out, pick the smaller, the smaller amount, pay that off first. That's a win. Well, the scenario I just gave, are you really winning if you pay, say you, you have $1,000 and you pay off that first loan? Cool. Now you, you don't pay 40 bucks a year in interest, but if you apply that $1,000 to the $10,000 loan that charges 20%, so that $2,000 interest a year, if you put your $1,000 there, say now that reduces your debt to $9,000, 20% of $9,000 is $1,800. Oh, cool. You just saved $200. You saved $160 more than you saved by putting the $1,000 and paying off the, the cheaper loan. So that's why pay target the high interest rates first. 
please. <laughs> um, I'm pretty adamant about that one, if, if you can't tell. But another trick to paying down debt quickly is is overpay. And COVID's actually been a great year for that if you have student loans. You know, with interest suspended, every dollar that you've been paying into your loans reduces your principal, which is the, you know, the total kind of loan balance, right? Interest is just, it's kind of like a secondary, secondary item. You know, you pay it, but it doesn't really, it doesn't get you anywhere. You're, you're just paying the, the lender, the person who gave you the money. Paying down the principal means it reduces how much you owe and then in turn lowers how much you would owe in interest. So overpay, you'll pay it down a lot faster. Um, and if you're at a stage where, you know, you've covered the basics and say you've got some, you've got debt, but you also have some free cash and you're like, well, you know, maybe I should invest. Let's be real. It's, it's more valuable to pay down that debt, especially if it's a high interest rate than it is to invest unless like, unless it's like 1% interest. Right. But otherwise focus on paying down your debt before you jump into the, the investing world. But However, with number four here, once that debt's covered, it's a great time to start investing. Uh, you know, I really hammered this home on on episode number three. So if you haven't given that a listen, uh, I would definitely do so. It kind of gives you know just a tutorial on, on like a mentality and how to get started. Um, you know, and looking into the stock market and just you know various different uh, investments. Um, the nice thing too is as you're progressing, you know, you're building your emergency fund, your savings, and you're paying down debt. That doesn't mean you can't be learning about the investing world. You can be using a paper account and basically just investing and trading with fake money just for the practice and expertise. And that'll pay off once you get, once you start using real money. But the beauty of investing as a whole is it's going to allow you to, to grow your wealth over time. So if you're, you know, you're just coming out of, out of school, you're 22, you're getting your first paycheck. Maybe you're 18, you start working out of high school. What a phenomenal time to start putting money away. Every every dollar you, you put in today, you've got, if you take 65 as the average retirement age, that means you've got you know 47 to, what, 43 years to let that money build and grow and grow. And of course, you know, past performance doesn't guarantee the future results, but with 90 years of history of the S&P returning over 9%, you know, there's a good track record is, is what I'm saying. So have some trust. Let that build. Like, Of course, you know, you would love to have been in, invested in Amazon 20 years ago. Well, yeah, sure. There's there's a company today that's going to be Amazon in 20 years. And you have an opportunity to get in on it. So, you know, it's it's always helpful to, to invest when you have the money, when you're handling your, your financial responsibilities first, right? You're covered for serious events. You're... you're handling your debt, it's good to to build up your wealth as well. Find something you believe in and continue just investing and, and just watch it grow over, over years to come. And the last financial priority I have here is spending on spending money on valuable things. You know, it, it, there's a pretty clear caveat here. This is not meant to be saying like, oh, okay, yeah, I paid off my debt and I'm investing, you know, a good amount. Like now I just have like free money to go, you know, go spend on whatever. Listen, it's always better to have more money on hand, right? You can invest more, you can save more. There's objectives that you can reach quicker by guarding your money closely. But, you know, life 
has expenses. There's things that you're that you're going to buy. My recommendation here is, is just find things that are going to bring you a lot of value, right? So, you know, maybe maybe you're handling everything properly and you've reached a point where you say, hey, like, you know, I'd really like to maybe purchase a new TV that I know is going to be good for, for five years. So maybe I'll spend 500 bucks. That's a big expense. But, you know, maybe um, I'll be, you know, be using this TV for, for five years and that'll be, you know, that's a valuable thing. It's more so like, what I'm kind of guarding against here is, is saying, okay, like I've got money left over. You know, I'm just going to go out and, you know, go have eight drinks downtown and, and run up like a $200 bar tab kind of thing. Um, might be a bit of a stretch there um, in terms of eight drinks, but, um, you know, if you understood prices around here, it might actually, it might actually happen. You know, delayed gratification is always great too, right? So maybe you save up and you're diligent and you have, once-in-a-lifetime kind of trip that you want to go on those are items that are worth spending money on right money is a vehicle to live life um, and so I I never advocate for shortchanging your life experiences just to say you have a bigger bank account again but that doesn't mean be reckless it means be smart understand where you want to go and and makes just smart decisions in general. Be be wise with your money, put it towards the right things, and you know treat yourself appropriately at the appropriate time. And and a big one too that I was thinking about over Thanksgiving is is being charitable. You know I think that's something where um, I certainly could could continue improving in my life. And just you know if, if you have extra money, you know, sure you could go out and, you know, buy yourself something nice, but at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot of people who, who aren't as fortunate out there and it, it you know, it doesn't matter your, your, your current status, you know, there's always going to be people that are above you and there's always going to be people that are below you, right? And just the, and the economic on the financial side of things. So keep in mind, you know, if you have a cause that you believe in, you know, Keep them in mind and, and, and feel free to, to put some of that money their way and, and hopefully do some good in the world. We can, we can all use that. So the last thing to run through are keys to avoid, you know, just specific items, mistakes not to make coming out of school or like with your first paycheck or just on a recurring basis. Um, number one is purchasing depreciating assets. And so a couple definitions, an asset is is something of value, right? So it could be, could be a house, could be a car, could be, you know, a stock. There's assets, just something that inherently holds value. With assets, there's either appreciation with an A or depreciation. Appreciation means the asset over time goes up in value. So something like homes usually appreciate depreciating assets go down over time. And the most glaring example of the, of a de, depreciate, depreciating asset is a car. The, the running joke is, you know, you buy a new car and as soon as you drive it off the lot, it just lost 30% of its value. So put some, put some numbers to that. Say you bought a car for $20,000. Well, if you really do lose 30% as soon as you drive it off, you know, if you, you know, take the car, spin it around a block, come back and try to sell it, it would be worth 14000 So, 
you know, that's that's a trap. You don't want to be buying things that consistently lose money, right? So I know a lot of folks, as they're getting out of school, first thing they want to do is go lease a car or go buy a new car, right? They've been driving a, driving a crappy car forever. Now they feel flush with cash. They want a brand new one. Don't fall into that trap. Continue driving that, that you know beat up car as long as you can and take that money and apply it towards better things like paying down your debt or putting it into the market. Another key mistake to avoid is taking on bad debt. And this starts coming out of high school because I know where I went to school, there's a lot of people that took on bad student loans to go there. And absolutely love my school. Phenomenal education. Uh, I couldn't say enough good things about it, right? However, that doesn't mean there weren't programs in which I questioned how people justified the cost of potentially taking on six figures in student loan debt to to attend, right? And, you know, not saying I don't want to go after, you know, specific degrees or just majors in general, right? But I would have a harder time justifying, you know, say take $150,000 out of debt to pursue maybe like a French degree. Yes, there's plenty of, of great ways you can use that, but 150000 to do that, maybe not the best call, right? So it's just, you have to be, have to be really smart and at a young age too. You could be 17 or 18 making that decision. It's always fine to not take on debt, right? When you have debt, that's a weight on your shoulders. When you're debt free, maybe you don't have the same credentials that you ideally would have liked to have, but it also means you don't have that weight on your shoulders. Nobody that's going to be coming after you. So it just, it, it doesn't, bad debt doesn't refer to just high interest rates, but also depreciating assets, right? So we just talked about cars. So like spending a bunch of money on buying a brand new car, that's just going to lose value instantly, especially if you're, you know, that's, that's debt. Then you know, that's, that's a poor financial choice. But the key, especially for young folks is avoid credit card debt. Don't just consistently ring things up on your cards and think, you know, eh, I'll have enough money to pay it when it comes due. Because if, if you can't cover it, and that 18, 20, 22, 24% interest will add up so quick, you'll never be able to dig yourself out of that hole. Last mistake to avoid is spending money because you have it. Right? I've <laughs> I had some friends uh, back in my college days where they... You know, be like, hey, you guys want to go out to eat? Oh, let me check my, my bank account. Cool, I got 26 bucks in it. Let's go. Like, that's not the mentality you want to have, right? You don't want to say, hey, like, my bank account isn't zero. I need to get rid of this money. That's just never good practice. It's okay. It's absolutely okay to save money and, and have it have it be available for, for when you need it. And to just build your net worth over time, All right. And if you're following kind of the financial priority list, it's not like there realistically should be this exorbitant amount of money that's just left over to, to, to blow on, on random things. So that really covers it. That, you know, hopefully that's provided some insights, especially for some of my younger listeners out there that, you know, when you're collecting, you know, your first paychecks and you have that, um, you know, emotional high of, of feeling feeling like you're on top of the world and, and you're richer than Jeff Bezos, right? Just keep in mind, 
you can never start planning your financial life too early. You can't. You can always build that emergency fund. You can save more. You know, plan, save up for for big expenses. Maybe you want you buy a house when you're 26 instead of 30. Things like that are are good accomplishments to target. It having money is exciting. This podcast, this episode specifically, is you know, it's just encouraging you to be smart with it. Plan, plan accordingly. Follow, follow that path. You know, cover the basics. Make sure you're covered for any unexpected events before you're kind of diving into any extra quicker items. Um, and then another one, just just avoid those early mistakes. I think it's easy to find folks in life who wish they they hadn't you know taken on five grand in credit card debt when they were a sophomore in college because it took them ten years to pay it off. And that's something where if you think about that, I mean that's going to affect you. You know, getting an apartment buying a house, even taking, taking debt into a marriage can be, can be a difficult conversation too. Those are all things that will haunt you, you know, if you make those mistakes. So do yourself a favor, avoid them early on and you'll thank yourself over the course of your entire life. But I really appreciate y'all, y'all's time. Always, always enjoy, you know, um, recording new podcast episodes. It's fun to have, have a conversation, talk through these things. And I hope truly hope there were some, some nuggets there that you could pull out and apply to your own life. Um, if there were, you know, I definitely would appreciate if you kind of subscribe or follow the podcast, um, give it a rating if you'd like as well. I would love to hear any feedback, anything that, you know, any particular topics you'd like me to cover. Always, always happy to do so. Um, please feel free to also visit um, our website, which is capitaladulting.com. So it's C-A-P-I-T-A-L-A-D-U-L-T-I-N-G. So capital as in money, capitaladulting.com. And from there, you can find my email, which is just grant at capitaladulting.com. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, if you want any, any, any advice, any guidance. I, I would certainly be happy to do so. But again... Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to catching up with y'all again shortly here. hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your morning, day, afternoon, night, whatever time you're listening to it. And uh, yeah, take care of yourselves until next time.